Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yo, what's up, Alternative Facts Podcast? We're back. I know we took last week off, but we are back with another interview that I'm really, really excited about with an artist who's behind one of my favorite albums of the year so far. You know, I'm obviously a fan and into all the artists I bring on the show, duh, but this particular album, especially into, I've been to this artist's project a long time. It's Zola Jesus. That is the musical endeavor of Nika Donalova. And Nika came by the Billboard office to talk about her new album, Akovi, that dropped last month on Sacred Bones Record. Here's a little bit of a Kobe. This is a track called Exhumed. Yeah, so there's some great strings on this album, really good moods on this album. If you're into moods, some and just incredible vocals. Like Nika is, a, is an amazing vocalist. She was trained in opera when she was much, much younger. And we went back, way back in this conversation, before her first album she did as Zola Jesus. She's, she has five albums, and she's been releasing music as Zola Jesus for about a decade now. So we went way before that, back to her childhood growing up in Wisconsin, growing up in a very rural area, and how she really just literally had to return to that area in order to bring us this new album. Uh, that is to say, we talk about hanging out in the woods a lot in this interview. I'm here for it. As you listen to this little companion piece, as you listen, highly suggest you bring up the Zola Jesus Instagram, wherever you are, bring it up on your phone, bring it up on your laptop, your tablet, whatever. Find a way, like, if you have one of those digital projectors, just put the put her project her Instagram feed up into your living room and just go through these pictures as you listen. Uh, I think it'll be a very good companion piece as we talk about the woods very uh, and very woodland-related topics in this podcast set the mood. She's got a really great aesthetic that goes well beyond her music. And, uh, yeah, I, ho- I hope this conversation took her to some interesting places. It definitely did for me, and hope for you too. You know, I think even if you don't really know her music before now, I think there's a lot just general about creating art, self-discovery in this conversation that you'll find interesting. And also, if you're new to her music, I'll drop in one more of her songs. This will be a little bit of an older one. This is uh, 
track that came out in 2011 called Seeker. And right after, right after this, we'll jump into the cast. We're talking about a festival that she just played in Hudson, New York, called Basilica. And uh, so, yeah, here's Seeker, and then our chat with Zola Jesus. Take me through this past month. What else sticks out in your mind as like the highlights of bringing this new album to life? Um, the listening party that I did in um, in New York uh, was really cool. I um, had this idea of not just doing a listening party, but having it be like this sort of three dimensional experience where you can walk inside of the record, and so. Um, I brought a lot of different people together. For instance, Jenny Hensler, longtime friend and collaborator, and Seth Kirby, who did lighting and visuals, and um, Corey Johnson, who did visuals as well, and um, and Sonos provided the sound. And so it was just like it was just like a really cool way to celebrate the record. And um, and yeah, it was unforgettable. Yeah. So let's jump into talk about some of the record, and we can look outside, reflect. But let's let's talk about the album because it's so good. Yeah. Uh, we'll start at the beginning with Doma, the first track, kind of this haunting, chanted song. Like reading up about it, it sounds like it has to do with reconnecting with Wisconsin, where you grew up. Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote that song in Wisconsin after I'd moved back, and um, it's just kind of like a tribute to that. Uh, that feeling of being back where I grew up in kind of a bittersweet way, more sweet than bitter. But um, uh, it I never thought that I would move back home, and so to be sitting there in the house where I grew up, waiting for my new house to be built, writing that song, it just kind of felt like not only returning to roots, but returning home and, and feeling very like full circle. Yeah, set the scene. Describe the surroundings because it was it was quite rural, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> um, I now live exactly where I grew up, just a couple paces down the road um, into the land. Um, it's two hundred acres of just raw forest. Um, there's birch trees, oak, mostly maple, mostly maple trees and birch trees, um, and hemlock and pines. Um, and uh, there's deer, turkey, bears, um, wolves, coyotes, owls, you know, all the wildlife you could imagine. Um, and it's just really beautiful and quiet, yeah, protected. Oh, Tell me, what was it that made you want to reconnect with this and go back to where you came from? Um, it was, at first, it was kind of uh, practical reasons. I was looking to buy a house to have some sort of stability. Um, and I was living in Seattle, and Seattle just was 
becoming more and more improbable just because of the um, the uh, the real estate market was just out of control, and so I just I couldn't afford anything. So then as I was looking further out of Seattle, I was like, why, why don't I just move back home? I have free land. I can build the house that I want for way cheaper than any, anything else. And also, I just missed my family. I'm extremely close with them. And I have kind of like an old school, uh, old school perspective on family where I feel like, you know, as you get older, you have a responsibility to take care of your parents and um and not that they're that that old but you know one day so I just want to be around them and you know I want to be where where I feel like um truly at peace and that's that's precisely where where I was from sure and what's the name of the town it's called Merrill I'm I'm in between two towns so it's in between Merrill and Wausau um uh Merrill's kind of the closer town and Wausau's further away cool yeah, I really like your Instagram and, like, the photography, the whole aesthetic of it. And especially the ones where you're out in the woods. I'm just picturing lots of, like, big skies. There's one I really liked. I can remember where there was, like, a little dog overlooking a big lake. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a lot of them were like yeah. that. But tell me, are, like, are those a lot of shots from around Wisconsin? Do you go out and explore there a lot? Yeah, definitely. And especially just because we have so much land. Um you know, when I'm home, it's just running around the land and, you know, doing kind of like uh, chores like cutting wood and, and preparing for winter and stuff like that. And, and um, yeah, and just exploring. It's where it's, it's my favorite pastime, so I do it a lot. Exploring nature. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Is, is, is there anything, is there sometimes a more practical pursuit in it like photography for instance or is it really just like going out and seeing what happens yeah it's more it's more just kind of trying to lose myself and um just the further the deeper into nature the deeper into woods or wherever I am I get the more um the more connected I feel to to the world so like for instance here where we are in New York City I feel very disconnected and it has its own advantages and its own sort of beauty. But at the same time, when I'm when I'm in nature, that's when I feel like whole. And so I try to lose myself out there as much as possible. Do you think that comes from childhood, maybe like specific memories of just being so happy as a little kid in nature? It's probably, yeah. Just feeling like that was just a part of life and that's that was normal for me is just to be running around and, you know, not seeing a single person for for miles and miles. Yeah, when you go out, is it like a social thing, or will you just go out by yourself? In the woods? Yeah. Uh, it's it's for myself. Yeah. I yeah. When I'm at home, and there's no socializing. Maybe amongst <laughs> my family, but. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get like worried of getting lost in the woods. Well, I know my way around my woods, so there's there's landmarks and things. So, yeah. It, it must be really cool though, like to get to a part of the woods though that you feel like is really secluded and you're like wow I've never seen this part before yeah there's still there's still like quadrants that I haven't gone to just because they're so far back and it sometimes you know the leaves grow so or the the brush grows so deep that it's hard to get through so yeah there's like I'm like oh today maybe I'm gonna try to go further out and see if I can get there but it's cool yeah so did you did 
is the creation of the album and maybe thinking of lyrics, composing any music, is that connected to these travels in the woods? Definitely. I mean, I think it's not like I'm out in the woods and I'm thinking of war- lyrics or anything, but um, with Okovi, it was so much about trying to, um, what's the word? Just trying to recreate that feeling that I sure. get when I'm when I'm home or when I'm when I'm in nature or when I'm feeling most at peace, because I was trying to find some sort of core, something an anchor with my music because so much chaos was happening around me that um, my music became an anchor just as much as being out in nature was an anchor, and so I was just trying to bridge that gap between the two. And, and where did you, where was the studio where you finally recorded the music? Well, I was, um, because I, I, I produce and write at the same time, a lot of it was produced just in, you know, uh, it was in my parents' basement while um, I was living there temporarily. And then um, I also would go to these cabins just to get away because I was, again, living with my parents while my house was being built. So um, I'd go to these cabins and, and, be totally isolated and I'd write there but then finally I um when I enlisted the help of Alex DeGroat my co-producer and mixer for the album and engineer we got a um we rented a house on the lake in in northern Minnesota and um that's when we finished the album together sure. yeah it's it's in like going through this album and like your past albums it seems like you're inspired on like two sides of there's like pop music inspiration the music and also more outsider experimental influence is it challenging to kind of balance those two and bring them in harmony sometimes um but uh for this record i did i tried not to think about it and tried to let the um the two disparate sides like find each other organically but sometimes i've tried to maybe i've leaned further in one direction or the other um but yeah, that can sometimes be a challenge, but at the same time, it's it's like what I get excited by when writing. Sure. Because with Tyga, I remember you like speaking, doing press for it, talking more about like aspirations for like, oh, it would be really cool to have like a hit song on the charts mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. I mean, I thought that would be funny, you know, because... <laughs> <laughs> like, like, surprise party, hey, my song's like kind of crashing this party. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it's like, I'm not, I don't belong, like, even though we're sitting, I'm sitting here in the billboard office or whatever, and I feel very grateful, like, I don't, I never belonged in that world, and there's kind of like a seduction to trying to figure it out, like, figure out why I don't belong, hmm. and figure out who belongs here and why they belong there, and, and, um, so sometimes it's just kind of like a, a it's like a, uh, a game or something I like to try to understand or a puzzle um, because I've, I've never felt like I've belonged anywhere, especially anywhere where you're, you know, somehow validated in some way. So I like, yeah, I just like to try to understand that world. Are there maybe some outsider artists who have kind of wound up surprisingly on the charts who fascinate you specifically? Because there's plenty of yeah. like outsider kind of experimental artists who just sort of fell into a career and had some hit songs or sold a lot of records. Totally. I mean, when you think about someone like Scott Walker, who uh, originally was, um, you know, really in like a boy band <laughs> in like the 50s or whatever. And, um, and then he just went totally off and did his thing. And I guess that's the reverse situation. But... Um, 
Yeah, I do think there there are figures who have gotten some sort of mainstream acclaim for being totally uncompromising, um, which is, you know, that's cool because that means that what they're doing is universal enough, but also it's probably challenging a lot of people on, like, a wide scale. I think, like, Lord is a good example of that, someone who's had recent hit songs. Yeah, definitely, because it seems like she's... You never get the idea that she's that she's compromising what she wants to do, you know? Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking of that because to go even more outsider, she just announced a tour, and I was thinking back to her last album, she announced a tour where she took Magical Clouds out with her. Oh, that's cool. And just, like, exposed them to probably so many people who would, would never have come across Magical Clouds music. Yeah, that's rad. Yeah, she seems like, you know... She seems like she's doing something really positive, not only with her music and with the messages that she sends to, to her fans, but just for, you know, for community. Totally. Yeah, and, like, I think, like, a lot of the artists who, like, you've mentioned over the years as inspirations, like Joy Division or, like, and, and how all the chart success they have with New Order, mm-hmm. especially, like, kind of from that era of, like, you know, early 80s, late 70s, I think there were sort of a lot of outsider artists sort of on the goth end or the post-punk end who kind of fell into success and are like in these books around us yeah yeah i think it's getting harder and harder because um just the way that the industry has changed people maybe people that have that sort of persuasion over you know bigger bigger splashes in in you know six whatever i don't know i I, to me it feels like maybe things are like a little less um laissez-faire as they were back then but Things are thirstier. Yeah, yeah. People are a little <laughs> bit more, like, they need security. Like, people, the dudes in the suits maybe need a little more security. But, you know, I don't blame them. I get it. Yeah, so I'm thinking, like, very deliberate, viral, planned moments to roll out albums, yeah. announce surprise singles, things like that. Yeah, they're just trying to... It's like it's like that game, but in a way where they're just trying to figure out how to... Um, navigate success or not navigate it but to predict success and you can't really do that you just gotta kind of let things you gotta believe that if the music is good it will speak for itself hmm. I'm also thinking of um, Anthony Gonzalez of M83 who you've worked with and I guess we're past label mates with at, at mm-hmm. Mute Records because he's someone who doesn't really come from a very traditional I would say pop music space but you know Lots of people know Midnight City, but he also made like Dead Sea. What's that? Dead, yeah, yeah. Dead, dead Red. De- de- red Dead it? Lost Red Cities <sighs> Seas. <laughs> I always forget the. Uh, but that's a that's a beautiful record, and that's the thing. He was yeah. He was like an ambient, like post rock, like sh- whatever. Yeah, people call him shoegaze. Yeah, yeah, shoegaze. Like whatever it was, it was not you know, it wasn't pop music. Dead, Dead Cities, Cities and Lost, and Lost Ghosts. Ghosts. Maybe. I think that's it. That's one of my all-time favorite album covers. Such, yeah. Yeah, and that album, too, is, like, so Yeah. The photography of, like... Because it kind of reminds me of, like, what I was saying with your Instagram. Like, the photography of this just, like... You can tell it's up north somewhere, and yeah. there's just, like, these deep woods 
but then in the foreground there's just these kids in snow all laying on their backs <laughs> so good <laughs> but that one's your, your instagram that's a color picture your instagram is all black and white for the most part yeah you know i have some color photos though. okay <laughs> have you ever like released photography on your own done anything like that no i mean i i wanted to be a photographer when i was younger um when i'd given up the idea of being a music musician my mother was a photographer professional photographer and so i did have a lot of experience with it but I don't think my stuff is that is worth I don't know it's like I like having low pressure that it's just like this thing wherever I am I can see a picture and then post it but I don't like to take it too seriously otherwise people will start judging it you know what I mean once you like put out a book they're like come on he's Instagram photo (laughs) (laughs) these are taken with an iPhone I mean maybe something to just sort of nonchalantly with the next album or next music project yeah. roll on the side like oh yeah showing some photographs here come yeah, by totally yeah who knows maybe i will i'll credit you <laughs> there Special we go thanks <laughs> just trying to sp- spread inspiration yeah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, so what's it like to be back with Sacred Bones Records? Great. Yeah, I mean, it's like, um, you know, it's a label, but it's not a label because it's just, it's my closest friends. And so um, it just feels like coming home, being with family, you know. It's very, um, it's very supportive. Yeah. I mean, that sounds very similar to just what we were talking about in a very practical sense of going back to Wisconsin to be with literal Mm -hmm. family. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that was a thing, like, these past couple of years were so taxing emotionally, and, um, I learned a lot about myself, and, um, you know, I'm making it a priority to just really focus on, you know, what who I surround myself with not saying mute wasn't a bad label they were amazing and awesome people but sacred bones is my family and so I needed to you know honor that and honor them and and um you know that's all that matters at the end of the day that you're working with people that that you love and you know that support you hmm like would you say like the stresses that you've touched on from the past couple years maybe from the album or expectations or like different standards you set for yourself? Um, in terms of everything I've been going through the past couple of years? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it started with 
feeling very lost and sinking into a deep depression because I felt like, um, I felt like I didn't have a sense of, uh, man, how do I even, how do I even like articulate this? I can't even really understand it, but just feeling very lost and, and like my meaning wasn't clear. And, um, and so throughout the past couple of years, I've just tried to establish within myself like um, a sense of belonging. I don't know. I can't explain it because it's just like it's that kind of maybe it's a mid-20s thing or late-20s thing when you're starting totally. to realize that the world isn't. Yeah, I'm 28 myself. So yeah, exactly. You're, you're also 28, right? Yeah, I'm 28. Yeah, so, yeah. Saturn returns kind of thing where... You know, the way that I was living emotionally wasn't sustainable and it was unhealthy and it was self-destructive and I was destroying my, myself physically and emotionally. So um, I needed to change the way that I thought and I needed to change my, um, my approach to life and my approach to what I do in order for this to be able to maintain myself, you know, because otherwise I, you know, I would have burned out really quickly. Um, and that's not just even with music, but just with my life, my own life. So. Yeah, like heading towards your 30s, you sort of, there's a sense of like some comfort, but also like I'm not a kid anymore and like the, the world isn't just so wondrous and open-ended like it might have been <laughs> when you were in your early 20s. Like more reality sets in, just more settling down and accepting things. And I guess like you had been had been doing Zola Jesus since like before you were even 20, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's probably just like it, that fo the project followed you throughout this developmental period of your life and now it's just like the next chapter. Yeah. And I like it. I like this age. I like you know, I feel zen. Like I'm still extremely angry. I have a lot of anger. <laughs> um and and and, and um I'm working through that, but I think I'll always have it. But I feel zen, like I can handle it now. Whereas in the past, I couldn't handle, I couldn't handle the uncertainty of life, and um, and that's the cool thing. I like getting older for that reason. Yeah. Like, are there maybe some people around you who are maybe a few years older who you've seen settle in and become like well-adjusted thirty-somethings who you can model this off of? Not really. No. All, everyone, because that's the thing too. Everyone that um, that does this, that is a musician or an artist, they're all kind of, you know, we're all living on the fringes in one way or another. And so, I think our demons are a lot more, um, uh, a lot stronger. And so it takes a hmm. long, longer time to battle them. You know, but we're all figuring it out together. Yeah, like living on the fringes in the sense that you're not working nine to five or don't have like a traditional thing that most people would just be like, oh, that's a job. Yeah. What did you go to school for? Um, French and philosophy. Interesting. What drew you to that? Um, it was what I had the most credits in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just needed to graduate because I started doing Zola Jesus during university. And then I started going on tour while I was still studying. And so I was just like, I just needed to get done, done with it. Yeah. How did that start? Like, what was it that 
got the touring star, got Sacred Bones to take notice? Um, I was making recordings, just like, you know, my bedroom, and putting them on myspace.com. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, wow. Yeah, I know. It's vintage. Vintage, uh, vintage rags to riches story. Um, and then Sacred Bones found me through mutual friends and stuff, and um, they put out like a seven inch, and from there it just kind of kept going. Here yeah, because that would have been around the time like they were getting started too, right? Yeah, yeah, I was one of their first releases. Yeah, and you did that whole ten-year anniversary concert with them mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, yeah. Describe that. Like, who were some of the other artists there? What was that experience oh, like? Man. Really emotional because it, I was one of the first artists, and we've been through so much. Um, I've been through so much with them that. Even just walking into that space, and they had like, there was like a giant like Sacred Bones logo sign, and and just like the production involved, it just felt so real. And you know, being able to reminisce and to honor the past ten years with Sacred Bones, um, it was just like a massive family reunion. It was very very special. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think the guy the guy who co-runs it. The guy with the big beard. What's his Caleb, name? Caleb. Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the founder and owner. Yeah. Yeah. I think he used to tend bar at a bar near the old billboard office where I always used to go. Which one, Niagara or Black and White? Black and White. Yeah. He yeah. Stills there every Wednesday. Oh, awesome! All right. It's his. It's funny because he always says, "I'm gonna start talking about Caleb." Sorry, Caleb. Um, <laughs> he used to. He started a label to get his mind off of being a bartender, and now he bartends to get his mind off of running a label. <laughs> So he still does it, just as like a, I don't know, fun thing. Word. That's. I think the last thing I really wanted to touch on is like, what's coming up for you? Because I'm. I, I get the sense that you really think about your career, or maybe you don't want to use the word career, but your art. You you take a step back and you really consider it and what it means, and you put a lot of thought into it and what's coming up. What's forward for you? Like, what do you want to be doing? Do you think about what Zola Jesus could be like a decade from now? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to, um, I'm excited to be in the position I'm in where I've released quite a few records by now that it's like giving myself permission to really, truly abstract what Zola Jesus can be and what, what my music can be, um, and so I'm looking forward to really pushing the boundaries of, you know, of, of my next, whatever I do next. Because it's like, um, you know, I've put out how many albums with, you know, 10, 12 songs on them. But I'm excited to see what happens next in terms of like, what if I do a long form thing? What if I write an opera, you know? And I feel like I have the freedom to do that now that I've, you know, established you know, kind of like a, a good foundation for what this is. Yeah, moving into different mediums. Yeah, definitely. The photography show. There we go. You gotta I do know, it. I know, I know. I should get a real camera, though. <laughs> you should know I would never let you down. Yeah, thanks so much to Nika for coming by. Yeah, check out her Instagram and check out Akovi. It's out now on Sacred Bones Records. One of my favorite record labels, which we touched on a little bit in the show, but 
if you're looking for more things to listen to, if you're into a Kovi, check out other Sacred Bones releases. Not exactly the same sound, but I think there's like a, a similar aesthetic, I, I would say, that runs through their releases. And go back and listen to Zola Jesus' old stuff. I know there's a bunch of older albums, but my suggestion would be the Conatus album that we chatted a little bit on in the interview, and the that's the album that I played the track from at the top of the show. That one came out back in 2011, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Twenty or I think 2012, 2011. Conatus, that's my favorite old Zola Jesus album. And uh, yeah, hope this interview got you into the uh, into the October spirit as we work through the the spookiest month of our calendar. We've actually got another podcast episode coming up on a similar note, a similar October note. Can't say who it is just yet, but if you've been following me on Twitter, maybe you can figure it out. But yeah, see paint on a plane is the handle. I'm always just riffing on what's coming up on the show, talking about the podcast, giving little hints to what's coming up. See paint on a plane is the handle, or just search Chris Payne. I'm usually the first person that comes up. And uh, yeah, subscribe to the show, get it automatically every week, see what I've been talking about. Search for hashtag alternative facts on iTunes or just in the podcast app of your phone. And while you're there, give us a star rating. I know that if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you hear people asking for star ratings constantly, but that's because they help a lot with just getting feedback and hearing what you think. And also just like it helps with getting placement on iTunes and getting more attention to the podcast. So star rating super helpful. And yeah, as always, just thank you for listening. This podcast is a lot of fun. It's probably my favorite thing that I do here at Billboard. I mean, I love a lot of stuff at my job, but this podcast is really fun, so thank you for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.